And that's how oatmeal was invented. And this has been Hyperborean Radio. All right. See you guys next week. Yes. Well, all jokes aside, I am the Lorekeeper, and with me today, as always, is CG. And today we're going to be talking about a interesting topic. Yes. Okay. <laughs> so, uh, it's actually something I've been thinking about a lot lately, and it's especially come up with discussions on AI art, or as I refer to it as algorithmic art or algorithm uh, collages is the concept of soul. And I'm not talking about soul music like, yeah, brother. But no, um, soul as in spirit, bits of ourselves, that, un- that non-tangible part of something that people can actually feel. That You can feel it in good music. You can feel it in good art. You can feel it when someone does something for a legitimate, real intention like when someone does something that is out of the goodness of their heart versus something that's for instagram points you can tell the difference and it's that soul element that's within it well and i want to cover this and it's not going to get into it but it's algorithmic art not ai art i know that all these people call it artificial intelligence art it is not it's algorithmic a small l algorithm a capital I or capital A capital I artificial intelligence. It is not an artificial intelligence. It's just an algorithm, and uh, that's part of why it's empty. Well, it's, there, there's really no consciousness behind it. And what is an AI capable of? That's still hypothetical because there really is no such thing as an AI. Well, and it's actually something that we've noticed more and more, and people have complained about it when it comes to like mass-produced goods. Mm-hmm. Like, people can tell the difference between the dollhouse that got made, you know, by the thousands and thousands versus the one that was handmade by Grandpa. Mm-hmm. And they could actually look the same. Like, Grandpa could make a well, dollhouse. It's been, it's been tested with various works of art, whether it's music or actual art pieces. And it's with physical, physical copies when it comes to the art piece, where they take a Rembrandt, for instance, and they program a robot, a robot arm to precisely copy it or a Mozart music piece and they have a real a real musician play it and then a robot play it technically correctly the same way so using all the notes and the way that they're supposed to be played so on and so forth and people are drawn to the stuff made by people in general of course some people will be oh I can't tell the difference and other people will and they refuse to make the choice because they try to press them. Well, we understand these are all very similar, but which one do you like the most? And then some people just refuse to make the choice because they don't, they're scared of being wrong. When even in that test, there, there was no right or wrong answer. They just wanted to know what people thought. But by and large, people are drawn to the ones done by people. And that's that soul that, that you're talking about is, Whenever we make something, it doesn't matter. It could be eggs in the morning. We put a little bit of ourselves into it versus a a robot or a machine. There is no soul to put into it, so it comes out hungry. Or even assembly lines, because I'm not against the concept of assembly lines. They have their place, especially war. Wartime has always had assembly lines. Always, since forever. Like, you make a bunch of throwing spears. You just get a line of guys. One guy makes the shaft. One guy makes the thing the other person gets it ready into the wagon etc etc 
So it's always been a means of efficient making of typically throwaway items. Mm -hmm. The issue nowadays is everything is a throwaway item. So there's soulless items, which I would just call dead. And then there's things that I will describe as even worse than that, which is... They're hungry. Hungry. Uh, it's I refer to Wh AI... Which a lot of this art, because we spent a lot of time looking at it, and I actually feel drained after looking at a lot of it. Oh, yeah. It, when you see an actual piece of art, even if it's not the bestest, you can it feeds you. There's right. a bit of the soul of the person. And these works of art, like Mozart's and Beethoven's well, symphonies, and it, things like a, that. I forget what it's called, but it's a... It's a loop. It's a loop that happens. If a person makes a thing, whether it's a spoon or a grand painting, it doesn't matter what the thing is, so long as a person made the thing. You handle it, you look at it, you touch it, it is feeding you, but then through your appreciation, you are also feeding it, so it becomes like this closed circuit loop. Now with the the algorithmic art, like Da Vinci, what is it, Da Vinci 2? I forget what it's called. The, the uh, Dolly. Uh, yeah, Dolly 2. The newest one that's out. That starts off empty. And by observing it, it's actually... We have to feed it first. Which then leaves the observer feeling a little drained. Well, and it, it doesn't seem to ever stop. It yeah. always is hungry. Because art is inherently... It requires us to open ourselves up in a way to experience the art right and with these works of art that have stood the test of time operas musicals paintings sculpture whatever right it's been built up over the centuries and the thing is i think some of this uh algorithmic art eventually might take on a life but how much does it have to absorb first well and it's being made like crazy yes it, it, which it, is not good. Well, no, it's like every actual work of art that actually takes a bit of soul from someone, whether it's music, whether it's drawings, whatever it is. There's like one of those being made for like every 50 pieces of AI art. And then the AI art's out there. Right. It exists and it's it's hungry, which is it really in reality, the way that works, it's really fancy Photoshop. But that's why we take so much pride in showing the pieces that Neil Rundgren does. Or Arca. Or but, just finding good art that people ignore. Right. But I'm trying to pat our friends on the back and you're not helping. Oh, yeah. The, the, uh, Wolf and Arca are both fantastic artists and we're really right. lucky to have them. Or with Alex and his music and we try to showcase some of his music when we can because I'm pretty lazy and I... Yeah. We got permission. Oh, yeah. I just am too lazy to go chase it down. Like the art that we share from, from Neil... I make Neil send it to me because I'm too lazy to go chase it down. <laughs> well, He's like, I, oh, yeah, you can use my art freely however you want because he, he's he's a good guy. And, and he's he's trying to help us get where it is that we're trying to do. He, he believes in what it is that we're trying to do. So we have free reign with his art. He's he's told me so. But I got this thing about going and chasing it down. And Well, and no, I'll go chase it, it down sometimes if he's too busy. But that's something we try to do here at Hyperborean Radio through all our projects is everything we make, we try to put some soul into mm -hmm. it. Whether well, it's like a, even some of our some of our Telegram posts, and those are relatively short. We're so drained afterwards because we take our time with it and we, we put ourselves into it and try to breathe life into it to make it more enjoyable to read. Oh, yeah. We have actually been physically exhausted by the end of a post. And that sounds ridiculous, but it is the case. Or podcasts. Or podcasts. My, or 
actually generally after a podcast is it is time to shut everything down and just lay down for a few minutes because we put so much of ourselves into it. It's just emotionally draining. Well, we don't do it intentionally. It just happens yeah, well, because, because we legitimately we're, we're care. Earnest. We're earnest. We're honest. We, we actually care. And that's part of it. And, and here's the thing is we, I've tested this. I've tested the difference because like uh, I forget if it was yesterday or the day before, but I even tested well, my favorite wooden spoon in mm-hmm. the kitchen. And I was curious if CG and I had the same favorite wooden spoon, as silly as this sounds. And I had no idea that there was a single handmade one in there. Oh, yeah. There's two, actually. That one actually is was both of our favorites, though. Mm-hmm. And it's the it's one I bought from some wood carver in my hometown. But there's actual soul in it. And then it's been used. It's not just that there's that someone handmade it. It's handmade well. Handmade well, and it's been used many and times and appreciated. It's not just used. It's things are made with it, things that, that you care about. So it's not like just taking this wooden spoon that somebody made by hand and then churning out macaroni and cheese. No. No, actual food that's actually made with actual caring it has been made with it. And it's it sounds silly, but it's gained in power. You can almost feel it. Whereas opposed to say, and I don't want to hate on restaurants, definitely not. But like, I don't know, you get something from Papa John's or Pizza Hut, even if the food itself is tastes good and it fills you up, you still feel empty after eating it. Yeah, it's and, almost like there's something missing from chain food. Well, and it's actually something people have acknowledged is like a home cooked meal. It's more than just even the food when itself. It's, not that good it's still better oh plenty of people's moms they, they try they try we love you women's is you try but not all of you can cook it, like my mom i love my mom she is terrible with fish because she's like well fish is healthy but she hated fish so she would always overcook it till it tasted like nothing so i grew up hating fish but i still love that my mom cooked for me but object objects, and this kind of goes into animism. We've touched on this concept before. It is a type of animism where things take on a life energy. Uh, it's hard to describe because no matter how you describe it, somebody is going to pick it up and run off with it and fucking weird loop woo feel. We, we've just stopped trying to idiot proof stuff. Yeah, it just, you just can't. But like, I think some people do it on purpose. But it is related to animism because. Things take on a life force of their own. Like it, it can be something even that was mass produced, but because it's been with your family for three generations, it's become grandpa's chair. It's become mom's lamp. Well, it's like um, McDonald's. There are things that McDonald's put out that were mass produced junk mm-hmm. that now have some level of spirit to them. Mm-hmm. But on the same token, there's only so much spirit to go around. It's why, like, one of the places I've worked. Well, we, uh, uh, that's not quite right either, that there's only so much spirit to go around. It's, you, you can only it give grows, so much. but it, it has to be nurtured in it. There's, so, yeah, it's like a tree. It's like a plant. If, if you start off with 100, 100 plants, 100 seeds, it seems like it's finite, right? Well, we only have 100. But given enough time, you can have 10 million. Well, like, because they grow. Well, and here's the thing is like trees. Most trees are self-sustaining. They don't need to be actively watered. But when you're first starting, 
it can be good to water and tend and take care of, I don't know, the acorn, the maple seed, mm-hmm. whatever. And then at a certain point, it can self-perpetuate and even make more of right. itself. But at first, you actually have to take care of you it. You have to put something into it. And start. if you don't, then the tree does. Because in the woods, mama trees will actually somewhat take care of baby trees. Yeah. That's one way to word it. Yeah, it's... it's mama it, trees. <laughs> that's the, it's my, it's my uh, simplest way of putting it. Yeah. But, and it's, it's true. And we're not saying don't play with the algorithmic art. But no, we, we need to... It's it's fine to play with it. It's like casting runes or whatever. If you're doing it for fun, knock your fucking self out. We don't care. And it's the same way with the algorithmic art. But when algorithmic art starts winning art competitions, and not art competitions between out different algorithmic art pieces, but where it's competing against people, now we have a problem. Yes, and it's partly because the untangible quality of art cannot be well the untangible quality of anything it can't be accurately intangible thank you (laughs) intangible vocabulary lesson of the day brought to you by don't give a fuck yes uh but the intangible element of anything it can't be described it's like there could be a five-star restaurant but the best sandwiches are made by bob at his food cart not even food truck food cart yeah at the corner near the corner store and it's because Bob really, really loves his sandwiches, and he's part of the community. It's part of, like, uh, this is... Because the- he takes pride in what it is that he's doing. He cares about what it is he's doing, and he cares about feeding people and making them happy with his handmade sandwiches. Well, and it's something you've brought up before. It doesn't matter if what you do for your job is make burgers. Make the best damn burgers you can. Yes. Take pride in those burgers. Like Bob's Burgers. There's an entire show. It's a failing restaurant, but, man, does he make good burgers. Right. Uh, well, yeah, no matter what it is that you do, be a damn hero about it. Well, and it's something that actually made me think there's this destruction because a lot of what's going on right now is spiritual warfare. Yeah. We're not going to get super woo-woo about it, but there is this element in modern culture where most things are soulless, dead, or worse, hungry. Yeah. And, and we're starting to create more and more hungry things. More and more hungry things, which is going to make people hollow. Vampires. Well, energy. I mean, in in a way, well, I said it to be funny, but it's actually true. That's what makes it funny. Well, people have even talked about this. There are people that are energy vampires. There are buildings that are energy vampires, Mm -hmm. like looking at like the communist communist block. block, Yeah. Just the pictures of it feels like it's trying to eat you. I can't imagine what it's like to live there. Oh, I mean, it's bad enough seeing some of the brutalist architecture in America. It's like crazy hungry. Yeah. Ravenous. Especially uh, apparently over in England, a lot of small businesses are closing down because the energy bills have gone from like less than a thousand dollars to like ten k, and that's just one example. And that's euros, yes, which so, is way more. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. So there's this die off basically of all these small businesses. Here's speaking of vampires, and not to cut you off, but I'm going to cut you off. Speaking of vampires, we didn't do a plug for ourselves. We now have a new Patreon level that you'd set up. Oh, yes, the $1 one. The $1. Feed the vampires. <laughs> the $1 Patreon doesn't get you shit except for a thank you from us. And a uh, list on the intended company yeah, and, roster. and your name on, on a list. Uh, you get on a list. You get your name on a list. 
No, that's probably not the best selling point nowadays. <laughs> no. um, <laughs> but we will recognize you as, as a thank you because we understand, especially currently, uh, some people want to help, but they don't have very much. So a dollar. Everybody says a dollar helps. Well, we can we can now accept a single dollar. So yes. if you want to help us out, if you really appreciate what it is that we're trying to do, toss us a buck on Patreon. Or yes. um, uh, I don't know if you can do just a buck on uh, buy me a call. Oh. PayPal is the one I was looking for. Yeah, I think so. But then you you have to spend that much to send, I think. Yeah. But anyway, uh, yeah. yes. Send so us money. Support this soulful podcast. Yes. But the, we um, feed you. <laughs> but the, um, the what I'm getting at is it's not exclusive to local places, but local places tend to have the most amount of soul. I mean. Mm -hmm. I don't say people are illegitimate when they say, I don't know, this shrine of St. Mary of Babalagook has some kind of power to it. Mm -hmm. Thousands of people for hundreds, if not over a thousand years, have come here deliberately feeding it. Of course it has yeah. power. Well, and then there's other sites that should have. But are drained. But the, yeah, they've been drained because people have gone there to take. And that's all that they've done is consistently. Oh, take like the redwoods. They, yeah, which is exactly what I was thinking of. Uh, the red, and it's not all the redwoods. It's that specific park. One, I've been there. Two, I've talked to other people that's been there, and they're like, "Yeah, you'd go there, and you'd expect for it to be so full of life and so full of power, but it just feels empty and dead." And it it feels that way because most of the people that go there, they go there to take, not to give. Well, and simply put, a lot of modern people don't have much to give. It's actually something we I've brought up before is before you try to open yourself up to give, make sure that you're not in a position where just by the very nature of having so little in terms of like yourself that you end up taking on accident. Right. Because this is actually something that can happen if someone is so has so much of a dearth in their own soul i guess mm -hmm. they can end so up spiritually taking. bereft well and then here's the other catch 22 with that if you have so little it can kill you yeah it, like uh kurt cobain mm -hmm. kurt cobain performed he gave so much that it crushed him that he he died he was effectively dead before he killed himself yeah and this is the this is the cost if you put too much of your soul out there. Mm -hmm. Like, let's say somebody it doesn't have to be Kurt Cobain or someone famous who's an artist. But like, let's say someone works at a factory making, I don't know, root beer bottles and they are just so into it. And they imbue a little bit of themselves into every root beer bottle that goes by mm -hmm. within a few weeks. They'd be completely drained and probably dead. Well, unless there's other people putting into it as well and able to actually yeah, it has to create a complete circuit. It, there has to be a loop. You have to get back. It's a, I guess, a spiritual cycle. Like right. there's That's the water why, cycle. Like the, the handmade food, for instance. The, the the guy that makes the the sandwiches, uh, earlier the example that we gave, the guy that makes sandwiches, he doesn't even have a food truck. He has a food cart. He puts so much of himself into everyone. Why does he not become drained? Because the people that he's selling the sandwiches to give back, back to him. And it's not just the, the, the money. It's the, the appreciation, the laughter. The, they're giving back. Well, it's like some of the places that are the most full of soul. Aside from a well-kept home with a, a family that, yes, families fight, but they still love each other. Mm -hmm. And it's not this toxic environment. There's also places like the local pub 
like the local pub in Ireland or England, it used to be full. Well, and it's also one of those things people have mentioned it where nobody has homes anymore. There's just houses. Yes, that is exactly what we're talking about. Well, it's also home is spiritually full and and it can be immaculately kept or it can be falling apart, but it's still home and you can feel it versus the empty cold house, which can be the same way. It can be immaculately kept or it can be falling apart. Well, it's it's why we actually refer to things like what women do to make a house a home. It's a kind of magic. They have to imbue their soul throughout the entire house Mm -hmm. to make it a home. Well, and if they're angry all the time, guess what the home becomes? The, or the house becomes angry or the home becomes angry if they can even make it a home if they're angry all the time. But if they're angry all the time, the, if they're heartbroken all the time, it's going to take on that that energy, I guess. I know it sounds woo-woo, it sounds weird, it sounds stupid, but most of us, if if we've gone into different buildings, we've felt different things in there. There's a reason why different buildings have different feels. And some just feel empty. Well, and here's the thing is you can imbue. When you give the soul in some ways, it's a blessing. It's feeding something. But you can also curse something. You can mm-hmm. make it sick. Like um, slaughterhouses, especially with yeah. how they're run today. It's monstrous. Well, like to quote Chernobog from the American Gods. Used to be there was an art. You go right for the temple. You hit it. I'm paraphrasing. But it was an art. You kill quickly. He, t- he took pride in it. Now they, they can kill quickly. They've uh, uh, mechanized it. So it's become cold. Well, and this is going to sound pretty woo-woo and weird and fucked up, but simply put, even the act of butchering, so killing an animal for food, can imbue it with soul. There's an element there. The animal dying sad, it's like that whole thing, you are what you eat. Mm-hmm. If an animal dies sad and in terror. Or scared. Yeah. It comes through in the meat, mm-hmm. both spiritually and physically. People have commented on the taste. Like, if an animal is raised in horrific conditions, the taste is worse. Yeah, and unfortunately, most of us, that is the meat that we're used to eating, which is why farm-raised meat tastes different to them. Or hunted meat. Yeah. Especially if the hunter is good and can take it out in one hit. Yeah. It's something that our people used to pride ourselves on is how quickly we could kill something. Oh, yeah. How painlessly. Oh, yeah. How can you kill the cow in one hit? Can you kill the pig in one hit? There's a reason why Hyperboreans don't have kosher. Or what's that other one? Halal. Halal. Either one, look into it. It's monstrous. Yeah, it's absolutely monstrous. Don't eat kosher or halal anything. I used to work at a butcher shop. We had a bunch of Muslim customers. I like to call it cursed meat. Yeah. You don't eat. We refused to carry halal because it was abusive. Mm -hmm. The the butcher shop I worked at. It's like they got together and said, hmm, what is the cruelest, longest, slowest, most painful way that we can kill a thing? Let's do it that way. Yeah. It's. Yeah. It's a whole thing. It's a whole thing. It creates cursed meat, in my opinion. Well, and here's the thing is it's why we say things like intention matters. Because, like, let's say that you are someone that, I don't know, serves a noble house in olden times. And you truly respect and care for this noble Love them. house. Love them. Everything you do, you are imbuing soul to better this house that you respect. But let's say that you are there begrudgingly as an indentured servant and you fucking hate it, but you keep your mouth shut and your smile on because you'll die otherwise. You have a cruel Or your master. family will. Or your family will. Eventually, you will curse and just 
if you ever bother to imbue anything with soul, it will be with curses. They're, they're real things. They're just not what people think that they are. Well, a curse words used uh, curses used to be a lot more accurate. I damn you to hell, a pox on both your houses. May your wine be putrid and your women be ugly. May your wine turn to piss. Yes. Which is going to happen no matter what, but they mean may it taste like piss. And it's things like that. There's twofold. One, there's so much hungry stuff out there, and most people can't make anything with heart anymore because, like, you, you can, it's hard to work at, like, a, a Papa John's or a fa- car factory and imbue everything with soul. Right. Now, this doesn't mean these things can't end up with soul. Mm-hmm. Like uh, so, uh, someone who works for a massive kitchen but takes very good care of their tools. Their tools might have Well, and gets everyone else doing the same thing if everybody actually cares, then that works into and they take pride in it and talk about taking pride in it. Then the customers actually start taking pride in being customers. Oh, yeah. And then there's becomes and, that full circuit, right. even if it's a Papa John's instead of Louis Pizza. Right. And it's that sort of thing is it's a lot of its mentality, intent and environment. Right. And when it comes to this algorithmic art, for instance, it's starting off. Not even dead. It's starting off starving because by the very function of what it is, it's supposed to be art and expressive, right? That's what art is. It's supposed to be expressive and it is expressing, but it's missing. It's missing the soul, the creative soul. So it starts off absolutely ravenous. And before it could even hope to give anything back, it has to take and take and take and take. Well, it's like there was this art style that people put out for a while. I absolutely despise it. It's called Fashwave. Mm-hmm. It's hungry. At, at best, it's dead. I've never yeah. seen one that's given. And if you're one of the people that like Fashwave, stop and go heal yourself. Allow yourself to heal and then come back and look at it. Yeah, because it's, it's bad. It's angry. It's hungry. That, well, and it's because the people making it are angry or hungry. Mm-hmm. And... It, it's part of the issue that people have is if you make a painting out of anger, you will imbue it with anger. Yeah. And here's the thing is the reason like propaganda images can be so powerful is because the people that made them truly believed. And by the nature of art, we open ourselves up for that sort of spiritual Which is exchange. part of what makes it work. Oh, yeah. But, and it's even noted in various um, there are directions on how to do propaganda. They're, they're like little books and pamphlets on how to do propaganda. And it's even mentioned in there. The person that does the propaganda has to actually, for it to be powerful, has to believe. Well, it's Now, part- this isn't some weird magic mumbo-jumbo occulty believe crap. No, they have to actually believe. It's, it's basic. It's really basic. They have to believe the thing that they're putting out to make other people believe it. Well, it's something I've actually brought up about the concept of sacred art because I, I quite like Athel Wolf's art. He mm-hmm. truly believes in the gods. He loves the gods, especially Fenrir. That's why mm-hmm. he makes so much Fenrir art. And it's part of what takes him so long, too, is he's trying to really hone his skills because he can do stuff, uh, certain Quickly. things way, way faster now. But he's always pushing that limit, so he's always building his skill. And why does he do that? Because he cares. Because he wants to present Fenrir. He wants to present the Fairy Queen. He wants to present whoever he's painting in a good light. And basically, he's imbuing his soul into it, mm-hmm. which is hard with digital medium. Yeah. But a lot of modern art of the gods, 
to the people painting them, they're just fantasy characters. Well, and I think some of our listeners, they won't understand what we're talking about because they've only ever seen the digital medium versus seeing a real painting. Or they've only seen paintings that have been copied by machines as opposed to a real painting by a real person. Well, and that belief is also why movies and TVs have gone to crap because mm-hmm. they have the message, as people yeah. call it, the but message. nobody actually believes the message. They're parroting it because they get pats on the back, right. positive reinforcement, but they don't believe it or understand it. That's why when they put it into films, it's so shoehorned. They're checking a box. They're not presenting an actual yeah, they belief don't, they They have. don't believe it themselves. Well, and former people in that cult have even admitted it. Well, here's the thing. If you actually believe it, you don't need to shove it in somebody's face. Well, it's the zealot versus the fanatic. The zealot doesn't believe, but he he or she so desperately wants to, they will force everyone around them to believe because it legitimizes their belief even if they don't have it. Mm -hmm. The fanatic doesn't care. He might enforce his will, but it's not a situation of, it's it's very different. It's it's a more enforcing standards. Like if mm-hmm. the fanatic is wrong, he'll respond in a fanatic way. Well, like me um, get, getting in arguments with because uh, I've met a few Christian zealots and a few zealots of other beliefs and ideologies. Because it doesn't have to be Christians to be zealot. It can doesn't even have to be a religion to be a zealot. But I've gotten in arguments with some of them, and I'm like, you're just a zealot. You don't even believe what it is that you're saying, and they they. They don't even deny that part, but I see their just murderous panicked rage, I guess, for a lack of, of, I I don't even know how to describe it. It's just this thing. It doesn't even have a name. They just freak out. The the whites of their eyes turn red. Their blood pressure goes up so high and they will scream at me. Yeah, well, you're a fanatic. They're not wrong. Well, and fanatics are zealots are more useful to the powers that be but fanatics are more dangerous on an individual level yeah zealots it's it's not because they're going to run off and do extreme things what it is is because they cannot be bought they cannot be manipulated they cannot be pushed zealots are the type to scream yes at the propaganda and then ignore all of it and be complete hypocrites fanatics will truly believe they don't tend to enforce it on other people, but they live their lives in accordance with it. Yeah. Which is far more dangerous. Like the, a Christian Far more dangerous to the powers that be that are trying to manipulate and just get people to go oh, along the with it. W- the church wants zealots. It doesn't want fanatics. Correct. Which is interesting because Islam and, and is mostly And just in case you're curious, what I'm fanatical about is my love for our people. I am completely... In love with our people. I'm trying to think of more poetic ways to put it. But no, I love our people. Absolutely love our people. That doesn't mean I'm going to let them push me around. Well, no. No. As a matter of fact, because I love our people so much, my standards for our people are way higher. Well, it used to be a cultural norm. Like, if you're Italian and you're in a position to punish wrongdoings you might get the irish and the german with a slap on the wrist but the italian if they did the same thing you beat him into the ground for daring to bring shame upon your people yeah it's it's more in line with how our people work Mm -hmm. actually it's like oh that's a stupid frenchman but you englishman you should know better yeah you shall be 
crucified on the tree of woe and then on the wheel of pain and other Conan references. <laughs> and other Conan references. Which is another thing, is uh, the Conan books. Mm -hmm. Those have soul in them. Yes. There's less in his other writings, but Howard imbued everything he wrote with a bit of soul. Yeah, it's like uh, Conan was the, the, the peak, the pinnacle of his writing. Because he, he, he told lots of series of stories. Uh, Solomon Cain, there's, uh, what's the other one? It's some king thing. Troll the Conqueror or something yeah, like yeah. that? They are not nearly as good. No. They're not bad, but they're not nearly as good. There's something missing. And then with Conan, he managed to put it all together. Well, and I think it's because it was he was representing who he wished he could be because he was a barbarian. He was born with the storm in his blood, but he was born in an age when he couldn't do anything with it mm -hmm. and, and thought himself completely alone and cut off alone and mad, mad as, as in the archaic sense, not like I am angry. Right. But it, it's a lot of this is in the modern day. Everything gets churned out. Mm -hmm. It's like. Even Marvel, which has always been through a bit of a factory setting of how the films are made, you can tell the difference of care and actual appreciation for the source material from the first few films versus just the garbage they've been slinging out lately. Yeah, and that ties into the, the algorithmic art as well as storytelling, the sacred art or the sacred act of storytelling. That's actually why so many people are so angry with various um, mediums right now is because the sacred act of storytelling has stopped being sacred. Oh, yeah. We did a whole podcast on it, in mm -hmm. fact. And it's because, simply put, when you tell a story, you have to put a little bit of yourself into it. Mm -hmm. It's why uh, we keep shifting with movies who we give the credit to. Like it used to be people would give the actors all the credit. Because in a traditional storytelling setting, the storyteller and the actor are the same thing. And then that sort of shifted with plays and operas. Well, and here's the thing. In, in reality, if you have a good actor and good director, you can have shitty writing and still tell a good story. But on the, verse, uh, on the reverse hand, you can also have a great story, shitty actor, shitty director, you end up with a shitty story. Well, it's because the person telling the story... Because you can have a really good story like really old ones like i don't know the iliad so the the war the trojan war mm -hmm. troy with brad pitt great film mm -hmm. great storytelling the absolute mess of a tv show from netflix with the black guy playing achilles yeah which is a he's a just fine actor he should have never played achilles though well it's like Macbeth, Catherine hunter playing the weird sisters mm -hmm. in the most recent oh. Yeah, Chef she kiss. she does an amazing job, and Denzel Washington's not terrible, but he he's he playing have a never, Scottish king. Yes, he should have never taken that role. He's, I mean, I am holding them to the same standards that they hold us to. Oh yeah, uh, Ryan Gosling for Martin Luther King. It's it's coming. Yeah, I I ooh, I hope so. That would be hilarious. It's this doing something with the intent of just trying to deliver a message, versus true belief. Because mm -hmm. true belief actually allows you to imbue something. It allows you to convey something. It's why there used to be good political art. Mm -hmm. Like everyone's bitching about how art's political. Art has always had a political bent. Not every piece of art has been political, but there's always been some art that is made for political purposes. Mm -hmm. But it's representing an actual belief. 
Mm-hmm. Like, I forget what it was, but there's even a really famous sculpture that is actually political. Uh, but it's nothing new. Like, even uh, a lot of depictions, uh, the, some of the earliest depictions of Santa Claus by Thomas Nast, they're political cartoons. Yeah. Uh, well, and, okay, currently people's like, you're so political. Currently, you can't talk about the color of your poop without it being political. And it seems like it's a new thing, but in reality, it's not. It's It's been this way since politics have become a thing. Everything becomes political. Well, and it's just the stakes have gotten so high, it's become a winner-take-all yes. situation. Yeah, that that's that's where it's different now. And it's this isn't the first time it's happened, so calm down. If you're one of the people that's really worked up and... And worried about what is it? Darth Biden is that? Is that Darth what Brandon? Dar- Darth Brandon. Like, like any good Sith, he took a new name. Yes, Darth Brandon, and it has you completely on edge. Calm down. We have been through this before, and many, many times. The Romans went through it. The 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 early Germans, like the tribal Germans, before you know, Mister Mustache. Oh, yeah, because um, uh, Herman, the guy everybody likes, he almost tried to basically pull a, uh, a he wanted to make a new empire, basically. Yes. The German tribes weren't having it. Yeah, we, we've we've done this many, many times. We, this too will pass. We will make it through. But every time that there's one of these, these turnings, we have the opportunity to bring our people back to who we are. We can't miss this this chance. Some people, well... Even we thought that we was in like the, the, pagan the, revival. the yeah, the, the pagan revival a few years ago. And then recently, recently we realized, oh, no, it's only just now starting. That was like the precursor when all the weirdness starts starts. We need to yank this back and actually have a pagan revival. We need to breathe life back into our people. We do that with you guys. Well, and here's another thing that people don't think about is something doesn't have to be successful to necessarily have a massive impact. Mm -hmm. Like so long as it is honest, earnest and has that soul of it, it can have a long lasting impact because some of uh, Shakespeare's most popular plays were reviled when they were first revealed or uh, Wagner's operas were loathed by much of the public. uh, Even defeat can become a victory. Leonidas. He lost. He lost, but man, did he lose epically. Yes. Or the legend of Warden's and it was Bridge. it was still a victory. And that's well, the Alamo. The mm-hmm. Alamo lost. Everyone at the Alamo became legend. Yes. And, and for a long time, it was a it was a battle cry, and people meant it. Well, and it's there are places in the United States that still have this soul, like the Redwoods, not so much, but there are like historical sites that still have power, and it's because. Thankfully, most people go there with the intention of experiencing, yeah. giving, completing the, on the circuit. Wonder. Yeah, they complete the circuit. It's maybe that's what we'll call this episode: completing the circuit or something. Uh, we tend not to do too good with multiple word names, but maybe complete the circuit. Maybe. And I do think um, you guys tell us because we don't know yet. <laughs> <laughs> but the. Um, because I've actually experienced this because they were one of the oldest American flags. I think they marketed it as it was sewn by Betsy Ross, but I don't think that was mm-hmm. the flag. But I went to Washington, D.C. when I was in high school. Most of the area is dead, even the The Betsy areas. Ross flag isn't a Betsy Ross flag. No. There was no Betsy Ross flag so far as anybody can tell. No, but the symbol matters. Right. But 
I saw this really old flag, and of course I was the edgy teen, like, I'm bored. But I could still feel just something radiating mm. off that flag. Everyone that was going through was feeding it. Mm -hmm. And not in like a hungry art kind of way, but in a awe and wonder kind of way. Yeah, that little that little sacrifice kind of way. And, and what I like to think is the Betsy Ross flag did exist. It's just deteriorated. It got lost in a battle. It got lost in somebody's drawer. That's what I like to believe. Because uh, why not? And But we do have old historic flags, like the one that you're talking about. It is an old and historic flag and therefore has value. Well, and they've been trying to criminalize symbols for a long time, mm -hmm. like runes. I will be adamant till the day I die. Those are freaking letters, people. Yes. But they do have meaning because they're mm -hmm. frick old. It's like some of the cave drawings, I don't doubt, are quite literally just doodles. Mm-hmm. They're, Some of they're, them are obviously doodles. Their very age is what gives them power. Yes. Their very age and the fact that people have kept feeding it. Well, like some of these stones um, that have the carvings on them, I've shown very reasonably that these are probably doodles and or uh, the practice workings of children. Well, and there's even old depictions from like the 1200s, like this one Russian kid on them that mm -hmm. looks suspiciously like some of the really old yes. drawings. Yes. Even the weird hands. Uh, yeah. It, it's one of the one of the examples I used. But that doesn't mean that we go and we scrape them away because, well, these don't mean anything. They're just doodles and and kids practice. No, the very fact that they are so old and still exist give them value and meaning well it's like um it doesn't matter what they originally were that i don't know they they took a bunch of eight-year-olds and they're like let's see who can carve and they start teaching everybody how to carve and then like the sorting hat we're going to take the better ones and then teach them how to carve even better and the ones that that don't do very well they well, go on to something else. they go on to something else just because that was a practice doodle sheet an ancient practice doodle sheet doesn't mean that's without value no and here's As a matter the thing of fact, is, that's why it has value well think about it some of the most treasured items that people own are drawings from their children mm -hmm. i mean at a certain point it becomes i don't really have anywhere I know else it, to put it and it seems silly when you're the one that drew it but it's not silly it's not silly to the one that has it. And maybe to your great-great-grandchildren, if it's still around, and they know that you drew it, it might have value to them. Oh, yeah, there was this one story. This guy, what he did was every year he'd pick one of his uh, son's drawings and he'd have it tattooed on him. Oof. So he had, like, I think his kid was, like, younger than 10, so he had, like, seven of them. Mm -hmm. I mean, they were getting progressively better, but you can tell they were done by kids. But those matter to him. Yeah. And it's things can start small, but you, you have no idea if you keep trying and you keep putting your heart into it because there's it's like the old statues of the gods. People point out in the north, the statues of the gods are all super abstract. They really thought a person was shaped like this. It's like, no, but it, it's like the, the Tintin effect, which is yeah. not what it's actually called, but I'll use it. People are more able to emotionally imprint and identify with the cartoon character of Tintin than an extremely detailed painting of a man. Well, and once you give give a precise face to something, that is its face basically forever. You've locked it in. Yes, but if you keep it a gray area, that's why, like, 
if you look at older depictions of the gods across the north and even in really old depictions from Greece and Rome, it's very abstract or it doesn't even have right. a face. But for then a look at the animals. And like in the north, it's really dramatic. The people, for some reason, it's like, what, they couldn't draw people? They couldn't sculpt people? Their art must have really sucked. They had no artistic ability. Now, look at this bronze cast. Bronze cast uh, statue of a photorealistic bear. Oh, yeah. Look up some Scythian gold pieces, and they have, like, minute cast and carved depictions of, like, dragons on, like, it's yeah. really cool. Dude, it's so detailed. We had artistic ability. We just didn't do it. It's like modern pictures of gods. The best ones, the gods are kind of blurred out. Blurred out or um, caricatured. Yeah. This is, that's the other end of it. Like when you put like, you take Thor and you, not a chibi, that's a Japanese thing, but you make him all tiny and kind of distorted. That's actually weird, strangely, well, not strangely, weirdly, weirdly more powerful than an accurate depiction of Thor. Right. If, if there is such a thing as an accurate depiction. Well, and that's of the Thor. other thing is why would you portray the sacred, something that is inherently not 100% able to be physically defined in our realm? As something that is physically identifiable from our realm. Well, and besides that, Thor, for instance, he is in all of his people. How do you define that down to one figure? You can't. Well, I mean, even Santa because Claus. It, well, is he six foot six, six foot nine, five foot four? How big how, is he? How, how big tall is, is he? Yeah, exactly. Uh, uh, people will get into arguments over that. Well, and here's my answer. He, the answer is yes, because. He is in all of his followers, so all of his followers are him. You embody the God. You represent the God. That's why we can't actually portray them accurately is because there is no accurate portrayal. But that doesn't mean that you can go wandering off doing whatever the fuck you want. Like half the, the pictures with the Morgan. They are wrong. They are not portraying the Morgan. Oh, yeah. The redheaded Morgans irritate me. Yes. She specifically has raven colored hair. She specifically has blue eyes. Well, and there are... She specifically has pale skin. Well, it's like Bridget. Bridget specifically has red hair. Flaming hair, yes. in fact. So it's supposed to have a bit of a fire in it. Yes. Um, or Thor is actually one of the few male gods that is specifically named for hair color. And it's red hair. Yeah. He is very specifically red hair. Same with Othin. Now, what hair. is his build? That's open to debate. So... Yeah. You, you can't just do whatever the fuck you want with the gods. It's part of what makes portraying them so difficult. You can't just do whatever you want. You are constrained, but you can't get too detailed with them either because as soon as you get too detailed with them, then you're not portraying them anymore. Yeah. You're portraying somebody else. You're portraying, I don't know, Belinda or Robert. Well, it's like... It's hard to really define, but like Paul Bunyan, if you mm -hmm. make him too detailed, it's... Just a giant lumberjack. Yeah. Or uh, Santa Claus, you make him too detailed, it starts to kind of fade out. So yeah. there's there's limits. And it's like King Arthur or Robin Hood or any of these figures. The mo less detail you give the face. Like there's these old Greek statues where the eyes are hollowed out, so you're staring into basically a literal blank stare. Mm -hmm. They are very powerful, especially the boxer. Well, and there's some really old ones, really old ones from Greece, 
where the body is immaculately sculpted, just like what you what you'd expect from a Greek Greek sculpture. But there is no faces. At first, they thought the faces had been smashed off because we know that happened to some of the statues where they gouged out, where they smashed off the eyes and the nose and the mouth and the genitals of Carved, some of these statues. Carved crosses onto right. them. But these, these ones I'm talking about specifically, they never had a face. The hair was immaculately sculpted. The body is immaculately sculpted. Everything is immaculately sculpted, but they didn't bother putting any more than a rough face shape on it. Because it has like the little indentures where the eyes would go. It's got the little bump where the nose would go. It's got the, the, the chin bump. But there's absolutely no detail into it. And these are very, very, very old. Like some of the oldest Greek um, statues that they found that have any real level of uh, detail to them. They're really hard to find online. But if you, if you want to dedicate several hours maybe a few days to find them you can find them online well and there's some old like the ven all the venuses in europe they have a lot of power even though like they could be anything from a toy to a wank off doll mm -hmm. we don't know there's no guarantee these were idols right uh then you have things oh like, yeah the venus dolls yeah i'm positive those were toys oh yeah especially like because we've had action figures forever mm -hmm. what are those ones everybody likes to say that they're um say that they're odin um because a lot of them only have one eye but a lot of them also have two eyes. Yeah. And a lot of them have the one eye replaced, almost like it fell out and got replaced with the jeweler's right. method. And the thing is, there's more of them with two eyes than there is with one eye or one eye I know, eye it's replaced. the selective bias. And I've mm -hmm. already explained, the reason people do that is to get notoriety. It's like when they find a, a pendant with just stick figures in it, and they say, it represents the death of Balder. And you're like, how? It's because yeah. uh, archaeologists finds pendant is not a very good headline. Archaeologist finds pendant in northern England yeah, that what, what, represents what the death that? of Balder. I did an article on it. It was... Um, narrative archaeology. Yeah, narrative archaeology provided a link that even explains what it is. Well, and the problem with doing all that, there's many problems, but one of the worst is that it artificially inflates the importance of some things by misattributing it. Mm -hmm. Like the death of Balder, people really view that as a very important story. There's a decent chance that that story was literally invented to mimic the Christ myth. Mm -hmm. I don't really treat it that way because I don't really think people would completely. So like a lot of the things that happen that are Christianized, I treat as like a gray area. Like there was probably a myth kind of similar to this and then it just got twisted to be more Jesus-y. Like the Isle of Man is named after Mananan. I highly doubt it was the story that the Christians tell. Almost positive it wasn't. Well, and the thing is, is like completing the circuit, that spiritual circuit. We're we're putting into the podcast, for instance, the people listening are listening. So they're they're absorbing whether. Yeah, absorbing the energy. How do they complete the circuit by then applying or thinking about what it is that we're saying, like at, giving it genuine, genuine thought and contemplation? Anything that makes sense, applying it to your life and then putting it back out into the world and that completes the circuit. It comes back to us. Well, and the thing is soul or spirit or whatever you want to call it. It's not just the creation of physical things. It's also actions mm -hmm. like battle. Being willing to go out onto the field and fight takes soul. It takes spirit. It is a massive spiritual act to be willing to do that for your people. And actually, we, we've been doing posts on the berserkers and their their variants it's a, the, this is a spiritual thing. It requires mm -hmm. the 
not just the imbuement of soul, but the ability to take the soul and actually use it to strengthen oneself. At one, the people, the those around them. Yeah, and that's how the this, this battle magic. Yeah, mm-hmm. but that's how this this circuit is completed. Is we're talking, we get, we give it, we give everything thought, and then we share, and we share genuinely and earnestly. The person that's listening listens genuinely and earnestly, contemplates, builds themselves up, puts that energy back out into the people around them, sends it back to us, and that creates a complete circuit where it feeds back into itself and it grows, like going from 100 seeds to having 10,000 plants. Well, and it's because everybody that gives a little bit that bit inside them will regrow but the the bit they put into the spoon into the song it's into the sharing the sharing the the gift mm-hmm. the gift the soul of the gift and oh my last week's podcast that definitely got shared <laughs> oh yeah well uh, and um you need to have soul in the game or it just doesn't matter yeah like, otherwise why are you playing yeah why are you even doing something if you don't care it's part of the reason i don't actually try to learn how to play music i keep thinking i want to but i I don't have the personality type to put the amount of effort and soul into it. At that point, I'm just making off-tune guitar sounds. Yes. I can play if you're drunk enough. <laughs> well, anyone Notice can play I if said, you're drunk enough. if you're drunk enough. <laughs> anyone sounds good if the listener is drunk enough. That, that's it. That's the secret. You don't, you don't have to actually practice. You just have to apply liquor to, you, to the audience. Well, but, yeah, it's one of the issues currently right now is the embracing of these starving artifacts. I, I, I really don't even know what to call them. But they're not just dead. They're, they're, they're made and they're hollow and they absorb, like the AI art, because we was exploring that and just, wow. It, and some of it's technically fucking beautiful, but it's just, it sucks the well, spirit rate right out like of you. It's like the new Star Wars trilogy. The films are visually beautiful. They're a complete mess in every other way. You feel lesser when you're done watching yeah. them. And then it's it's not just that. It's everything. It's like iPods, telephones, even books. Because everything that's getting put out is being put out dead or soulless or worse, hungry. And then because we're going through them so quickly. So you buy a phone. You have it for two years. You throw it out. You might put a lot of energy into it. But because of its very nature as being disposable then you're just throwing that out. Even if you've managed to take it from hungry or dead to having meaning to you, you're going to get rid of it. So there becomes this detachment. Mm -hmm. So everybody is constantly swarming themselves with things that have no soul. And even if they get it imbued with it, there's a time limit because things aren't made with the quality to last anymore. Yeah. But what, what can we do is we can not participate with the algorithmic art any more than we absolutely have to like don't give it any value don't give the algorithmic art any value don't give the mass produced stuff value over the hand produced stuff sometimes we we might have to make the sacrifice of spend a little bit more for something that's handmade over saving a few pennies over something that's mass produced and hollow well, and to recharge, people have to interact with other people. It's yeah. why paganism is a community thing. Mm-hmm. How do you give the gift of spirit and soul? How do you have soul in the game if you have nobody else? Be willing to reach out to other people. 
be willing to have something to fight for, to care about, to care about enough to give this bit of your soul away. Right. Shake some babies and kiss some hands. Yes. And not in the political way. Just do it because you want to. Right. Don't, don't, shake- for, don't forget to hug your mom. Even if you don't like her, give her a hug and tell her that you love her. Why? Because it's true. You don't ha- love and like are not the same thing. Oh, no. I, and I, that's a completely different oh, topic, yeah. but it's something that people need to understand. Love and like are two completely different things. I love our people. I don't like a lot of you motherfuckers. <laughs> this is an accurate statement. And um, I look forward to, to ones I do like, but in general, we don't like each other. And there's nothing wrong with that. It is perfectly fine for people to not like each other. But we need to we do need to love each other. Precisely. And here's the thing is it can be something as simple as just holding the door open. Mm-hmm. Uh actually taking it's, care it's of your car instead of buying start. a new one. Um customizing things a little. I know a lot of us get stuck with we can't afford the really nice big things but we can customize the things we do have the, that yeah, we have yeah customizing the little things i mean you can buy some hyperborean radio stickers there's another plug <laughs> Stick, i'm practicing uh stickers paint drawing um, yeah but we don't sell paint so mm-hmm. you can't paint your stuff we do sell stickers though homemade meals even if it's not great even if it, we yeah. don't run a restaurant so no homemade meals <laughs> but you can buy some <laughs> stickers <laughs> but just these little small things Make, making a meal for somebody that's what i mean like even um, if when you have somebody to... offers you a meal even if it doesn't taste the best accept yes just eat enough and, and then give it to the dog when they're not looking yes uh, the uh husband receiving too many cookies and cakes from their uh wife why is the dog so fat <laughs> uh i don't know uh glandular problem <laughs> yeah that's because he can only eat so many of them but, but we don't but yeah but yeah, it's the interaction with people. It's the the making, the creation of things, the appreciation of things created, the sharing of things that's been created. Well, and this this cycle of the soul over and over within the group, it's what allows us to create these beautiful towns, these beautiful creations of art, these ages that people look back on with longing. Well, and we need to do it to heal. Well, we need the recharge. Yeah. Because that's what's happening to everybody. They, it's they've, they've cut everybody off from everybody else. And not through force. The, they've literally done it through encouragement. Encouragement and vilification. Right, which is still just a, a form of encouragement. But we vilify the other so that you won't participate with it. But then everybody becomes the other so you don't participate with anybody and then you end up cut off. And it's it, it wasn't forced. It was encouraged. It made angry at these people, made scared of these people, made untrusting of of these other people, and we've we've been cut off, and it's just been an encouraged thing, and we need to break that pattern. But you see, you can you can get all that back if you just show up to church, give us your ten percent, and and Yahweh loves you. Most churches are hungry; yeah. they're the buffet. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, uh, like uh, what we was talking about in the last podcast. Most people have a hole in them. Don't try to fill it. Let the hole heal. Yes, it's a wound. It's not just a hole. Something was shoved in there that into your soul into that wasn't supposed to be there, and that's what created that. A giant mosquito bite. Right. Mm-hmm. That's what created that hole, that wound. You have to allow it to heal, to close up. 
you don't have to shove stuff into it to fill it. Otherwise, all you're doing is keeping the wound open. Well, eventually it will hollow you out. You will become mm-hmm. a hollow. Yeah. And there are a lot of hollows running around right now. The, the NPCs, the soulless, basically. Mm-hmm. And I don't want that fate for our people to be a bunch of walking meat husk puppets. Right. So together with you guys, we can help heal our people. We can come together. We can start actually doing things and and making a real difference. And we need the solid foundation, which I, I think currently we're we're starting to build is a solid foundation. And we're doing it with you guys that actually bother listening. Like I'm going to give our audience a, a prop, especially because we're right here at the end. I, I was looking up retention rates and what's considered good in professional fields so it doesn't matter if it's music it doesn't matter if it's uh tv movies anything if there's a 10 percent retention rate to the very end the professionals consider that good if it's 33 percent or more that's excellent our average retention rate to it, the very end is uh, a little over 60 percent yeah it's pretty consistently around 60 percent if not right. higher so 60 percent of you guys you you are definitely tougher than the than the toughies out there smarter than the smart smarter sm- yeah smarter than the smarties and tougher than the toughies but it shows me that we're actually on the right track because our retention rate is is really our retention rate is really high and it's because people care and i think they're looking for people that care like us we actually care and i like to think that comes across on our podcast so yeah there's a nice closing of the completing of the circuit there well and thank you for your time because the time itself is a gift as well so thank you for your time think uh, i hope that you're enjoying the time we put into these sorts of sharing us with your family your friends people that you don't like well and here's because we are steadily growing Oh, yeah, and some of it is hate-watching, we, yeah. we know. We're, we're good with that. We're good J- with that. Just like with Amazon, they don't care if you watch Rings of Power because you love it or because you hate it. They just want you to watch it. Yeah, they don't care if we're you the watch the way. soulless cash grab. They'll eat your soul. Yes. But, and I'll say this, this is my kind of closing statement, so to speak, is so you may have to break the rules occasionally to keep that cycle with the soul because they're more than happy to put out all this hungry stuff all this dead stuff all this soulless stuff to weaken you don't let it do that and if you can if you're at that stage in your life where you're able feed those around you so they too can grow strong allow it to grow and grow and with that we can actually start moving forward again all right and i'm going to take it that he's done now and uh yeah i'm just going to say you know what you guys are you're doing great we're moving forward we're going to heal we we will make a difference so let's keep working together and until then we'll see you guys next time